Welcome to another edition of the Eye on Security podcast. I am your host, Luke McNamara, a principal analyst at FireEye. Joining me today is Jens Monrad of FireEye Intelligence EMEA. Good morning, Jens. Good morning. Morning, Luke. Thank you for having me. So I think as we, we jump into this topic, um, just you know, set the scene for the region for us. Uh, what is EMEA in terms of the sort of political dynamics? It's a very broad region. You have a lot of different interests and uh, different approaches to security. But from a broader uh, perspective, set the stage for us of, of what you're looking at in the region. Yeah, definitely. So, so in, in my role as the head of fire intelligence covering Europe, Middle East and Africa, which is basically the EMEA region, uh, it is a very exciting uh, region, both from a, I guess, from a threat landscape perspective, but also in, in terms of how we are doing our collection and research into various different types of, uh, of cyber threats. Uh, one thing that uh, I think is, uh, is worth mentioning when we look into the EMEA region is that the region is really consisting of many different countries. Uh, some of these countries are also having their own political and economic uh, unions. So, for example, you have the EU and you have the GCC in the Middle East. And then you also have military and defense collaborations like you have with uh, NATO, for example, and all of these different sort of unions, as well as the respective different uh, country level politics uh, around national security, brings a very interesting, but also a very multi-dimensional threat landscape. Uh, and that is very exciting to operate in. So, so what does the threat landscape in EMEA look like today? We talked a little bit about some of those larger uh, factors, economic, political factors that, that shape it within EMEA, but for organizations in EMEA, what are the sort of threats that they have to be uh, cognizant of or aware of today? So I think I think uh, it it is to some degree very country specific. So you have certain countries within uh, my region that are very mature in terms of different industries. So for example, you have uh, Germany that is a is a, is an, a nation that is uh, very well known for their industrial uh, industry, their manufacturing industry, and so on. Then you have. Uh, other nations, so for example, Denmark, where I'm from, where Denmark is very famous for education, development into pharmaceutical and healthcare and green energy. And you have all these sort of different sort of expertises within those countries. And that brings a different threat landscape to each uh, country. And then when you add on top of that, the different uh, political and economical unions like the European Union, uh, the threat landscape can sort of also be because you are a member of something like EU or NATO or TCC and so on. So it all comes down to uh, some of the major industries and, and some of the politics, and then also the proximity to uh, nations that have an interest into conducting either political or industrial espionage, uh, as well as a potential interference with local or uh, uh, elections in within the, the, the respective union. So it is really... Um, there's not a one-to-one -one in terms of the threat landscape. And it also brings a challenge because uh, the perception of things like national critical infrastructure is also very much different into each of the countries, as well as the maturity. So with some of the countries that are very mature and have a very, very well-defined uh, set of policies into how they are going to address uh, the cyber domain, uh, the challenges that they are meeting might be completely different than a country that is still uh, not that mature and they are still missing defining policies. They might even uh, 
still be on the journey of identifying what is uh, critical national infrastructure and so on. So it, it is really not a one-to-one when you talk about the threat landscape. And in terms of the awareness, and, and I think part of that goes to, to maturity, but in terms of the awareness from different um, uh, countries and organizations within the region, how has that changed as to becoming more cognizant of some of these threats? So, for example, looking at how APT38, uh, a threat actor that emanates completely outside of the region, um, some of their activity within the last several years that has affected and impacted European organizations, has that changed or has there been more of an awareness that there needs to be some thought given to threat actors, not just in the immediate region, but outside that as well? Yeah, certainly. I, and I think I think many of those uh, threats that uh, my region is now facing is also because of uh, potential global politics that are being set in motion. So, for example, a good example I can bring is that coming out of the uh, agreement between the former President Barack Obama and President Xi Jinping in 2015, uh, we could see to some degree a shift of threats moving into other countries where there weren't such a political agreement or a diplomatic climate that would allow to have such an agreement. And certainly that also ties into uh, other threat groups and and espionage threat actors that we are seeing now shifting their targets uh, into either countries that are less mature or where there's not really a a sort of global agreement or a diplomatic channel in terms of how uh, the rules of engagement should be in, in cyberspace. So it is something that we are experiencing. Now, you referenced earlier, and I want to return back to it, the topic of election interference and and disinformation. Talk a little bit about how organizations in Europe, some of which that have been dealing with this threat in kind of different domains for a while, how they're approaching dealing with this now as there's more information and and more awareness around that threat uh, that's posed by cyber-enabled election interference means. Yeah, so so I think I think when I talk to governments across EMEA, one of the, the key topics, especially uh, uh, the respective countries that has either they're in a phase of planning an election, or or at least it is something that they're planning to have uh, within the, the next few years. There is a lot of, of questions uh, raised, you know, coming of the uh, of the U.S. presidential election in two thousand sixteen. But you also have to factor in, especially when we talk about uh, Europe and, and especially countries that are a member of the European Union, where the European Union have a very, very ambitious digitalization strategy. There is a, a fear of if countries are doing much more digitalization than they're doing risk assessment or understanding the, the cyber threat landscape. So we now see that question being asked in several places. Uh, and some of the places... Uh, it, 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 there is a sense to it because uh, either it can be of uh, foreign nations' interest to either try and swing the population towards a more favorable candidate, but it also happens on a on a union level where we do see a degree of targeting of EU European uh, Commission elections as well as uh, different elections inside uh, the EU member state where you also have. Uh, uh, respective uh, uh, elections, so so it is something that uh, that we do see being factored in, and and part of my uh, region, you know, I mean, we also look into uh, uh, especially the political climate and situations happening in in Ukraine, and Ukraine being a closer proximity to, for example, Russia, they are experiencing a different set of pressure and a different set of campaigns than, for example, you might have, let's say, in Germany or you might have in Spain or 
Italy or Greece and so on. But it is something that is a very much of a concern from uh, from the different governments uh, inside EMEA. And as you look forward and, and you put on your, your kind of forecasting lenses, looking at how the threat landscape has evolved, how the maturity of, of European organizations and organizations throughout the region has changed and grown. Um, as we look at uh, from the latest Entrance report uh, this past year, the dwell time of threat actors inside uh, organizations in EMEA decreases. What are some of those pressing challenges? Um, what are some of those emerging risks that you see that organizations in government and private sector will continue to face and have to deal with going forward? So I, th- I think one of the one of the the, the biggest uh, topics that we still need to address inside my region, and I do see it uh, being addressed more to some degree, is the reliance on supply chain. Uh, we have had several uh, significant incidents that occurred via a supply chain method that could either be software or it could be uh, a service or a a contractor supplying something uh, to mid-size or, or large enterprises or even governments and it is something that that, that we need to to pay uh, as, you know particular attention to uh, because uh, as the respective uh, governments as well as uh, local enterprises uh, across EMEA are maturing them, their defenses. Uh, obviously, we will see threat actors trying to target the supply chain instead. And this uh, this is something that we are seeing across all the different industries. So it's not just one particular industry like the f- uh, financial services industry. It is also something that we are seeing in high tech or manufacturing and so on. So especially supply chain and the, the reliance on, on outsourcing uh, your services or outsourcing part of your infrastructure to a third party is something that needs to be very closely uh, assessed and evaluated against the uh, cyber threat landscape that we're seeing. But that's not just a, a I guess, a, a challenge for my region. I mean, one of the things that we could also learn from from the M-Trends and, and especially looking into some of our our you know incident response cases that we have, as well as the coverage of threat intelligence, we do see the supply chain overall being a much more favorable target for both cyber criminals and and cyber espionage uh, uh, groups. And really, the same sort of uh, threats that we see in a lot of other regions, not specific just to, to Europe. So uh, many similarities there to what we see in other regions. Yes, yes, very much. Well, thank you, Jens. That was uh, Jens Monrad, head of FireEye Intelligence EMEA. Thank you.